There's a widening wealth gap between the haves and the have-nots. So which side of the divide are you on? And how do you bridge that gap and gain greater economic control, freedom, security for yourself and your loved ones? Welcome to Closing the Wealth Gap, the only show with weekly workable tips, ideas, suggestions for average income earners like you on how to regain control of your financial future. From the man who's helped millions, it's Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Morning, Paul. How are you today? I'm feeling more and more nervous as we get closer to the election and uncertainty and chaos and confusion seems to be reigning everywhere. And I'm getting older and not younger here. And I keep looking at my financial future wondering, have I got enough? And and what's the future going to hold? I, I, there are so many things that I'm not prepared for that I know are coming. And I know we're going to talk about one of them today that nobody wants to talk about. Death and dying. Right. You know, I just went through this with, uh, I'm an only child, I went through it with my mom and my dad in that order a couple of years ago, and I had a maiden aunt who I was uh, fortunate enough to take care of here in her final years. Uh, she came out to live with my mom, she had a rare form of blood cancer that made it very difficult her last few years, and I was her sole caregiver, no kids, no nothing. Wow. We, yeah. me, she and she and me, we together, we're not ready for the cost of those extra years, those bonus years that she so hoped she would give. She lived to be, 20 years ago, she was given five years to live when she was diagnosed with this blood cancer. Little did we know that when she moved up to be with her sister, my mom, she'd outlive my mom, my dad, her doctor, everybody, and for wow. 20 years. Now, that's a great story, yes. except she didn't have any money. She didn't have a house. She didn't have any kids. She didn't have any savings. And it was a struggle. I mean, she lived meagerly. In that last year, she and I were both worrying because we had to move her into a nursing home, and she's gonna. She was running out of money fast, right? You know, and I hate to say it, but fortunate for her and everybody else, she died. Uh, otherwise, she would have been destitute, and and it was awful to see. We weren't. None of us were ready for this twenty-year run of her, of of her being sick and needing all the help that she needed. Well, Paul, I, I can tell you this. Because of that story that you just told, uh, and it's, unfortunately, it's not unique. It's something that happens over and over and time and time again, it, it, and it's a cycle. And it's one of the reasons that motivated me to do a show like this that's covering all spectrums of longevity, retirement, and those final uh, and expenses. And those final expenses. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, that jumps up. And it's in, it's inevitable. It's something that we don't want to think about. It's no. something that we want to procrastinate on and, and push to the, push on the, put on the back burner. But lo and behold. It arrives. It arrives. And, and it's like, what do you do now? And I tell you, I'm in my early 60s. I'm an aging baby boomer. I'm part of this Peter Pan generation. I'm never going to get old. Look at me. I still dress like I'm in college here or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to think. So I'm not going to get old. I don't want to think about preparing to be old. And yet, if the statistics are right, I'm going to be part of the longest-lived generation in history. Nobody, I, I've got a whole bonus chapter coming ahead of me, and that sounds exciting, except when I think of, how am I going to pay for those extra 20 or 30 years of life? What am I going to do with them? And what happens if I'm sick? 
all of those things start to go through my mind, and I worry more and more about what will the future bring, particularly having seen what happened to my dad, my mom, and my aunt. All of them thought they had you know, prepared for the rest of their life. They're part of the World War II generation. Right. They had saved money. They thought enough, not enough. They had um, a small retirement plan that I can't count on. My, my, my aunt was a secretary and uh, worked for 40 years, and she was retired for almost 40 years. It's amazing. Uh, no wonder companies stopped paying out pensions because they didn't know that they were going to do it for 40 years. Right. Um, and so that little pension and her Social Security is what kept her going and kept her alive. And I think of, I'm not even going to have that much protection as I enter into this long phase. And little did they know they were going to live into their 90s. They all assumed, like everybody assumed back then, that you, you retired at 65 and you died at 70. You didn't have to plan for very long. Those final years, those final expenses were manageable. Now you might have to plan for 20 years of health care. You might have to plan for 10 years of nursing homes or long-term assisted care that Medicare doesn't pay for. You know, and then at the very end, you're stuck with a big fat bill that you may or may not be able to handle because you didn't have insurance uh, or so, anything set aside. So, Paul, what you're articulating? I don't want to scare everybody today to turn off, but I, I've been through it. It's it's something we are not talking about. I feel like a reform smoker. Hey, wake up, folks. This is a danger coming right, here. Right. And what you're articulating is the widening wealth gap. Yes. It's a reality. And it's a reality that most people are just they're sticking their heads in the sand. Or they're putting their hands over their ears going, la, 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 yes. hoping that it go away. <laughs> but guess what? It is not going to go away. No, it exactly. Is. And so what do you do? You prepare. You prepare for these things. So, And for those who wanna... think that they can avoid funerals, you know, that's another whole thing I'm seeing. We could talk about that at length. We live in a world where funerals don't exist anymore. My, my friends and uh, relatives who have uh, uh, parents and whatnot that are passing away now, uh, they don't do anything. Cause they, partly because they don't want to face, we think funerals are horrible and we don't want to go into the grave and, and put them in a casket and all that stuff. Everybody just wants to be cremated. Right. That isn't free, folks. Right. And when, we touched on it last week as far as one of the shows. I got a lot of feedback based on that particular, I gave an instance where I saw a guy having a sign. And he were right. trying, had this sign trying to collect money for the funeral. Well, lo and behold, I'm with my daughter and we're at this intersection. And again, there's a guy with a sign collecting money for a funeral. Right. And so most of the feedback that I was getting was based on people, that, they don't know what final expenses are. They no. don't know what, they don't. They can't define the difference between burial insurance and pre-need. All they know is that, hey, when something comes up, they don't have the money. They don't have $15,000 in a checking account or a savings right. account to take care of this. And Even so, if you do it, I mean, I'm sorry to say my aunt was the last of the Mohicans. They're all the relatives, her, her contemporaries are gone. We did it as cheaply as we could. I'm sorry to say, aunt, you know, and, and there was no casket. There was no... Uh, funeral per se she was cremated and we just put her interred her somewhere here uh, so that her ashes would remain somewhere right. right next to my mom and dad at Forest Lawn uh, that still cost thousands of dollars yes. and she didn't have it Yes, I had to pay for that Yes, and so you know I kind of knew some of this was coming and we had talked about it but it was still a final hit out of nowhere now 
you know, I don't want to get horrible. I, this is my aunt. I'll do anything for her. I don't want to go cheap. I, I mean, her, she, her life deserves better than that. But when it came to the end, we all took the, mo- the least expensive, the least painful, the least difficult option. And I'll always sort of feel like that's not the best choice that I made there. Well, Paul, I can tell you this. You got a relative. Right. Aunt, uncle, mother, sister, brother, daughter, niece, nephew, whatever. You could have been the best uncle, nephew, niece, whatever. The last thing that people remember about you is the position that you left them in. Yeah. Before anything else. Now, the other good memories, they'll come after the fact. But that initial shock is that, you know, there's a sticker price. There's a sticker shot. And they're trying to get past this sticker shock. Lo and behold, it doesn't just go away overnight. Sometimes you have one event and you spend thousands of dollars to take care of that. And then you inhale and exhale. Then all of a sudden somebody else, is, somebody else passes away. Yeah. And then somebody So it's a never-ending cycle. Hence the term final expense insurance. Yeah. Cremation costs a couple thousand dollars. Um, certainly if you want to inter them somewhere, it costs a couple thousand dollars. Uh, we're Catholic. It costs money for a mass. You right. know, nothing comes free these days anymore. I'm just flabbergasted. And uh, you want to publish in the newspaper. You want to tell people about it. You want to have a little party afterwards to as a celebration of life. All of these things are, we're not budgeted for any of these things. And suddenly it hits you. The, and, and then who's going to pay for it? Uh, she didn't have any children. Do, do I pay for it? Do right. we just in, do we just ignore it? Do we just there? There is nobody that steps in and says, "I'll do it." It's it's something you have to come up with, and 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 handle. And and you want to do it in a way that honors them, that respects them. They deserve more than just a they're gone. And well, too many people are doing that. They're just they just die, and we cremate them, and we put them on the shelf, and we say that's it. And think about this: when the family is coming together, and a lot of times this is what separates or causes division in a lot of a lot of families. Oh, huge. because the person that actually has, writes the biggest check is the one that's in charge. Yeah, and the rest of the family members may not appreciate the decisions that this person is making. Oh boy, I can tell you that when I, uh, for example, my aunt uh, really should have gone into an assisted living facility. She was very weak. She had a kind of blood cancer that killed all her red blood cells, so she was always anemic, and she was very independent her whole life and wanted to live alone. So I allowed that to continue, partly because it's all she could afford. She had a whole total of like two thousand dollars a month she lived on. And so she could live in a $1,500 a month apartment and have a few things. And, of course, she did get health care insurance. She had Blue Cross and stuff. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to let her stay. But she starts falling, and my few other cousins and the doctors are beating me up. you got to put her in a home. The cheapest home we could find started at $4,000 a month. She didn't have $4,000, and I didn't have another 2000 to come up with. Right. And I didn't see anybody else saying, here, here's some money exactly. to help with. Exactly. So all of a sudden, so I let that go on as long as I could until it finally became clear it couldn't continue. And I did put her in uh, what they call a group home, so it was a little cheaper. It was more like $3,000 a month. But I'm coming out of pocket. I'm burning through whatever little savings she had left. I think she had ten or twenty thousand dollars left. We're burning through that as quick as we can, and then I'm coming out of some money here too. And she's unhappy. It wasn't even. She didn't like it. She was miserable there. So I got the worst of all scenarios here. And thank goodness for her and for me. I'm sorry to say that she didn't live a couple of years there. If she had, she lived another year or two, we'd all be out of money, and they kick you out. 
Right. Medicare doesn't come in and rescue the day. You get kicked out, and then you got to go find some Medicaid place that may be out in the middle of Bakersfield that's really awful. I mean, I wish I could just get I guess I am. I'm on a soapbox here telling people, be prepared. Look ahead. There's more than you think, and this isn't a time you want to be fighting and worrying about money. Well, when you're trying to take care of your loved one, I appreciate the story that you're telling because it hits home. It's 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 a, it's reality. Yes. it's a fact of life today. And the, again, going back to that wealth gap is widening because it's a cause and effect relationship. Right. And we have to put things in place now in order, not only for our livelihoods and our standard of living, but again, for the next generation that's coming up because we modeled this behavior for them. Exactly. And if we choose it, if we decide not to do something about it and we we're in crisis mode, then that's what we're modeling to the next generation yes. and that's what they think is normal. And, and how do you want, at this moment, all I can tell you is my aunt was a lovely person, was great to me. I, I was happy to step in and be the person that stepped up and took care of her the last few years. But I wasn't really prepared emotionally for it certainly not financially for it it was a drain on both right she was very needy and so i literally had to take days off and go out there and be with her and and set up my schedule to to accommodate and work with her and and all that and and all that's fine but it affects money right you know uh, suddenly i i we have people come in here all the time and say i had to take a year off my i had to quit my work and go take care of mom because she's got dementia and we can't afford six seven eight thousand dollars a month to put her in a home so we let her stay in her home and somebody's got to be with her 24 7 all of these are choices that i don't think we're prepared to make or face until we're forced to well there's there's four words that people are conditioned to think about and those four words i can't afford it yeah right and they stop people in their tracks versus right. trying to, when you have a situation or uh, Can't afford to protect myself, so I'm just going to pretend to hope that it never it just, happens. It doesn't right. happen and it doesn't exist. And you're getting older and older and older. But think about the time that you're procrastinating, that, that you're wasting. Those are times when if, if, if you acted on that situation, it's, it's a whole lot cheaper to do it when you're younger yes. than when For you're For example, older. we'll talk about some of the things, long-term health care. Uh, almost nobody has it. Everybody should have it. Um, uh, final funeral expenses. Nobody's prepared for it. Everybody should be prepared for it. Um, on and on, you give us other suggestions. Let's play this little piece here because I think it really details some of the things we're talking about. And then we'll come back out of the negative doom and gloom and we'll try and come up with some positive strategies here. Exactly. Stick around, folks. As we, listen to this piece. I think you'll find it interesting. Remember the last funeral you attended? Well, according to the Federal Trade Commission... The cost of that funeral was at least $6,000, just for a simple casket, a cemetery vault, and the mortuary service, which is more than double what it was only 10 years ago. But that funeral might have cost as much as $10,000, $15,000, or even $20,000 if you add in the expense of a cemetery plot with a headstone, the expense of the hearse with a limousine for the family, and the expense of a memorial service with a reception afterward. What's more, in addition to the cost of a funeral, there are other end-of-life expenses, including medical bills, legal fees, and income taxes, that can amount to as much or even more than the funeral expenses. And when each of us reach the end of our lives, most of these expenses must be paid within a few days of our demise. But if sufficient funds are not readily available, 
Many families are forced to max out their credit cards, take out home equity loans, or borrow money from friends or relatives. Then they must pay off these debts later and with interest. That's why no one wants to leave their spouse or their children without the money to pay for all these expenses. So what's the easiest, most economical, and cost-efficient way to be sure they have the money? Final Expense Insurance Final Expense Insurance can pay for all of our end-of-life financial obligations with tax-free dollars and at a discount of at least 40 to 60 percent. And you can get at least $10,000 to $20,000 of final expense insurance without any medical exam because approval is typically guaranteed regardless of any health issues or medical conditions. In fact, it's usually a one-page application with only a few yes or no health questions and the monthly rates are easily affordable and contractually guaranteed for as long as you live. The check is delivered directly to your spouse or an adult child, usually within 48 hours. And whatever they don't spend, they can keep. So, ask yourself this. Does it make good sense to leave your spouse or your children with the financial obligation and responsibility for all of your end-of-life expenses, but without the money to pay for them? Or does it make better sense to pay for your own funeral, medical bills, and legal fees with final expense insurance at a 40 to 60% discount and with tax-free dollars? All right, fascinating stuff here. Let's comment on that quickly here. A, a little video that appears on your site. If people want to see this, it's tyronefrench.com. And you've got lots of these kinds of informational videos. This show is kind of a, a, a supplement to that. Or they can get your app. Talk about that. Right. All the videos, all the uh, calculators, all the articles are at my app. And so basically... How do, how do they get an This is an app they can put on their phone. On and all phone, this information is at your fingertips. You're just going to text Tyrone to 36260. And I'm going to say that again. Text Tyrone to 2636... Uh, I'm sorry, 36260. Okay. So you're going to text Tyrone, and then you what? You hit that number, put that number in there somewhere. That's right. Text Tyrone. Then at the top, it's going to say two, and that's three six two six zero. And the, you'll download the app. Uh, it doesn't take up any space on your phone, and everything that we're talking about, uh, that content is right there in that app. This video uh, will be there. The These radio will be there well. shows will be there. Absolutely. All this stuff, and and a way that they can contact you and the and the community that you built if they have questions uh, to ask about any of these things. Also, gonna... and as a follow up, Paul, uh-huh. th- th- I have a brochure. It's ca- it's, it's called the Nine Things Every Senior Needs to Know About Funerals. Hmm. And so, I wish I'd known eight of them. Or, click uh, on that app. Uh, request this form. I will send it out to you absolutely free. It's just that important. How do you get over the one thing that I struggled with and everybody listening is struggling with? We all know it, but we don't take any action because it's hard to face. Or we don't think we can afford it. Both of those. Talk about those. How do you face it? How do you afford to prepare for these final expenses? The first thing you have to do is take action. And you you get to the point where it's a peace of mind issue. And every time, well, that's. Let me just emphasize that I wish, because at the moment of crisis, you don't need additional stress and strain no, you on don't. you. That's the last thing you need to be worrying about. Is I got to choose between quality of life or what I can afford at this point in time. I'm trying to figure out what I can afford or what what they'd want or what can I do. 
Right. All of that should have been taken off the table a long time ago. But the thing is, Paul, you you have this dialogue. You got this record in the back of your mind saying, I need to take care of this. I need to take care of this. But you're putting it off. So yeah. it's causing more stress. Because you so, can't face it. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to face my aunt dying, my mom dying, my dad dying, me dying, anybody so, dying. Right. Yeah. So the reason I say it's a, piece, a, it's a peace of mind issue, because once you sit down, you decide, okay, I'm going to get this information. I'm going to go through the process. Once you find out how easy it is and how affordable it is, I hear this almost every single time. People say, I am so glad. I feel so much better that I did this, and I'm so glad that it's done. And now I want to tell my brother, my sister, my cousin about this program because who knows? Then then they tell the story about you know somebody dying a month ago or, or a year ago or whatever, and we wish we had had something like this in place. Yeah. So that's it. And and again. And, and I'll say I'll, I'll, we keep saying and again. I'm going to say again here too. This is somebody who's lived through it, folks, three times now. Mom, dad, aunt, uh, and I. And people say, so what have you done? Well, I haven't done anything. I thank God I'm th- I'm past that. I don't have to worry about what about you? How do you want your final years to go? Do you want things to uh, do you want to struggle through that period of time yourself or do you want to be prepared and what do you want to leave to your children your loved ones do you want to push that burden off on them or do you want to take care of the burden while you're still alive so it's partly how do you want to your own life to take control of your own life at the end and what do you want to pass on as your legacy paul i can tell you this most final expense insurance policies they start in denominations of a thousand dollars. They go up to around thirty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. That, so, that's plenty. And for, they start right. at around fifteen dollars per month. What? Fifteen dollars per month. The cost of a Starbucks or something here, yes. like a, a bit, an extra beer. Or and something that's what here? surprises a lot of people because they don't realize how affordable it is. And and most people are on a fixed budget. So you find a final expense program that's actually going to complement or fit inside their budget. They can always increase it later. You tell me for 15 bucks a month, uh, my mom, my dad, or myself, or my aunt, we could have taken you care of st- all this? You can solve this problem for $15 a month. We're just Most cremations foolish. run about maybe $3,000, $4,000. Right. I think that's about what my so, answer was. Right, yeah. so depending on that person's age, they may have spent like maybe 25 30 bucks for that same program. I just, I, I feel on. even worse that we didn't think of this and do it. Well, I've been through it. It's too late for me to do it for them. Not too late for me to do it for me. How do they do this? How do they take action and find out more? Well, again, call you, go any place to research. What, where can they find out you're about gonna this? Call, you're going to go to my website, TyroneFrench.com. You're going to go to that app, which is, uh, you're going to text Tyrone to 36260, or you're going to call my office. Let me give you my local number. Five, give us six, the two, local number, okay. 562-498-4316. Say it once more because we... 562-498-4316. All right, and again, folks, uh, you know, if if not Tyrone, go find somebody here. This is foolish if you're not prepared for those final expenses. They're all coming, death and taxes, right? And why we put them off and think we're going to avoid them and not face them, I don't know. But I'm telling you, if somebody went through it, that's the last thing you want to be worrying about is money at a moment of crisis. And again, I'm going to give you the nine things every senior or everybody needs to know about funeral planning. And we talked about as far as people coming together and the, like we call it a repass, you know, people eat. But here's the thing. You use a portion of this money because you may have relatives that are out of state ah. that when it comes to the funeral, but they don't they can't afford it. Yeah. These policies. We, we went through them. Many of my relatives could not afford these the policies. They pay within 24 hours of receiving the death notification. And in, in most cases, we don't even have to have the death certificate to pay the claim. So the money is there and available for the family in this crisis. 
Phenomenal advice. Wish I'd known it before. Definitely going to look into it now, and I urge you to tune in each and every week. We're going to talk about some tough stuff, folks. I know this is not what you really want to hear, but we need to hear this. And by a simple conversation about it instead of running from it, maybe we can avoid some of these pitfalls and and, uh, problems that are coming at us and close the wealth gap between those that have and those that are losing out. All right, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Tune in each and every week right here to OC Talk Radio as we continue to explore ways to close the wealth gap.